worship, God was showing me a vision and a growing moment here. Um, sometimes random pictures or random words or something may come to your mind and you might think, well, I don't even know what that is. A lot of times it's God wanting to communicate with you. So just encouraging and teaching moment here in the back room while Darren was praying for me, I saw a vision of a rope uh, that had lots of um, that it had lots of strands, lots of cords that made up the rope. And I saw that rope being severed. And I thought, well, what is that? And I asked the Lord, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? And I really didn't get anything. And during worship, then what I saw was that rope being cut in two. And then when a rope like that is cut, how the ends just immediately frazzle and they like, like that. And all of these ends come out and it's really messy. And it's really like, it just, it comes all unraveled. And then I saw a flame burning one side of that. And so it takes all of that frazzled, unraveled, all of these nasty cords and ends sticking out and it begins to melt it and it makes an end on that rope that is really solid and hard. You guys, are you guys following me? Are you getting a picture of that? So I was like, okay, God, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And he said, there are people here that have been tied and there have been things interwoven into their life in their thought life and in their actions and into their day-to-day lives that have caused them to not be able to move forward. And then when Candace started talking, I was like, that's totally it. So there's these things that are a part of us and we have learned to function in life with them. We've learned to, uh, they've almost like become a part of who we are because they're interwoven with us. And those things can be things like fear. Those things can be things like addictions. They can be things like um, thoughts of suicide, uh, depression. They are things that we carry with us on a daily basis, day in and day out, that have become a part of who we are here on this earth. But God is saying, that is not who I created you to be. And that is not the design that I had for you. And so God is cutting that. And he's saying, I don't want you to make room for that or make adjustment for that or make compensation for that in your life anymore. And he's cutting it. Well, when that cut takes place, it looks like all doo-doo has hit the fan. And it looks like a mess. It feels like a mess. It feels, it can feel guilt. It can feel shame. It can feel failure. It can feel heaviness. It can feel chaotic. It can feel like fear because you don't know what's going to happen. Who am I without that? Who am I going through this? Who am I on the other side of this? And God is saying, I am bringing my fire not to burn you, but to purify you and to take away all of the loose ends, to take away all of the things that look messy and chaotic, all of the places that you don't know what to do with. And I'm bringing my holy fire into it. And as I bring my holy fire, it will create a case. It will create an end to these things that used to dictate you, that used to dominate you, that used to direct your life, anything that leads you away from my divine design for you, I am burning it out. I am putting an end to it. Stick with me.
Stick with me, the Lord is saying. Don't be deterred. Don't be discouraged. Don't think that you're doing anything wrong. There has been a cut to what is not of him. And you are moving forward. And just like the end, like what I see is this uh, rope being whacked on things. The end of that rope. Those of you that are ropers are like, okay, I know what she's like. The end of that is like super hard. And it is used. God is going to use what used to be interwoven and what was a weakness for you that the devil chose that very spot to torment you day in and day out. God is going to use that very place in your life to beat the crap out of the devil. That's what's going to happen. So if you, if that speaks to you, if you feel like, okay, that is where I'm at in my life, or I'm going through that right now, I'm going to ask you to be super bold, and I'm going to ask you to put your hand on your heart. I'm going to ask you to raise a hand. I'm going to ask you if you want to come to the front. I'm going to ask you to do whatever it is that you need to do, because this is your moment with God right now. Whatever was interwoven, whatever was uh, 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 generational curses, Ah, generational curses of poverty, generational curses of shame and depression and suicide. Um, labels that have been put on you from childhood that either somebody spoke to you or because of an action, that label was something that you adopted and it became a part of who you are. And today God is saying, that is not you. You're my child of fire. And I'm going to use you to burn nations with my glory. that's you just receive it right now just receive it right now in Jesus name take a deep breath in God burn it burn it God I trust you in the midst of the fire I trust you that everything that you do for me is good. I trust that you are a good and a perfect God in everything that you do for me and through me and that you take me through in my life is bringing about a greater greater purpose. My divine design, I want you to say that out loud right now, my divine design. God, I'm chasing it. I am chasing it. I've taken you by the hand and I'm not going to stop. Burn in me. Burn in me, Father God. Holy Spirit, just light them up on the inside right now in Jesus' name that we would be so on fire for you that there would be nothing of the old that would hold us back that would keep us from moving into the greatest destiny that you have created us for. your character, your power, your nature, your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your authority into the lungs of Adam. 
breathe into us right now. When you take a deep breath in this next time, I want you to breathe in all that God has created you for, all of his character, all of his nature. When you said yes to God, when you said, yes, Jesus, I'll follow you, that's what you got. You got the breath of God. So this time when we take a deep breath in, receive everything in that breath. And I want you to feel it, feeling your lungs, feeling your soul, feeling your spirit and feeling every cell of your physical body, whatever you need in your physical body. Let the breath of God breathe into it right now as we take this deep breath in on the count of three. One, two, three. say I want the rope cut but there are parts of my life that I have become so used to that it's my identity that I don't know who I am without that and I'm feeling that there is someone who is in an abusive situation and you've kind of justified it like well it's really not that bad not really abuse but I want to ask you is that the way that the king treats his child and if it's not then God wants you to cut it God wants to cut it with you so for that or for any other thing if you are here and you're saying I I want to step out and I want to cut it God I need you to cut it I can't get out of it myself. I want you to really be brave. I'm just inviting you to raise your hand. Yes. Yes. God, come and cut it. Come and cut it. Yes. 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 Come and cut it. Right now, Holy Spirit. Yes. Oh, Holy Spirit, come right now with your love, your truth. Your truth that brings freedom, Holy Spirit, come and cut right now. Just a beautiful cut that the word of God is living and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts with such precision. You don't have to fear that God will cut something that will bring death to you. God will cut only what is trying to hold you down and kill your future. That's how good he is. He's so good. So, Father, just bring that cut right now in Jesus' name. Bring that cut. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. He's so good. He's so good. And it is a fearful thing sometimes to step out of what you've known and what is familiar to step into something that you don't know what it looks like. You know what? That's when life really happens. That's when life gets really, really good. And here's what I know as the mother of this house. God sent me good kids. 
And as the mother of this house, I want to declare over you this morning that if this is your home, I want to say to you, as the mom of this home, you're welcome here. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud that you were born. I'm so proud of the destiny that God has created you for. I'm so proud that you were born for this moment, for such a time as this. I'm so proud that you made it through all of the obstacles, all of the heartache, all of the hardship to make it to this moment. I'm so proud of you because God sent me kids with amazing destiny and power in their veins. And I'm proud of you. So if nobody spoke that over you today, you need that today. I'm proud of you. And thank you for not giving up. Proud that you're at the table and your dad's proud too. Thank you, God. Lord, we just love you. We worship you with our whole heart. We trust you with our heart. We trust you with our future, and we even trust you with our past. And we say to you today, Daddy, we love you because you are so good. We welcome you. We thank you for all you've done and all you're going to do. All of the things that are in the works that we don't even know about yet. We thank you for what you are doing. And we honor you today as our father, as our creator, and as our God. In Jesus' mighty and holy and authoritative name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you would turn to someone and tell them, I am on fire. And you better look out because fire spreads. I'm on fire. (laughs) Thank you. I'm on fire. Thank you, Lord. Man, thank you, worship team. Do you guys love our worship team? Aren't they amazing? Yes, yes, yes. Well, happy Mother's Day to everyone in the house. Uh, I wanted to let you guys know before we jump in today, I want to let you know about a wonderful event that we have coming up this Friday night. It will be here at the church at 7 p.m. It's called The Story and the Song. And it is going to be an opportunity for you to come uh, to the church here and join in. Our worship team is going to be doing uh, really, it's a, it is a neat opportunity for you to get to come and to be in an intimate environment where you can just relax And I got all of the details yesterday. What they're going to do is we're going to have people that you sit with every week that you see their faces coming in and out of the church. Uh, There's going to be certain people that are coming up and they're going to share a little bit of a story from their life. And what is so neat is the people that are sharing, you would walk by them and you may never know 
what their journey has been because God has done a work in their life. And they're going to share a story and then they're going to share a song that ministers to them or something, something about a song that God has used to bring encouragement and power in their life. And what is so neat about a testimony, the story, is that when someone shares a testimony, it is a seed that is planted in the soil of the listener's heart that what God has done, he will do again. And so it's an opportunity to come and be encouraged. It's an opportunity for you to come and get to know people uh, in your congregation, in your church family. And it's an opportunity to come and just glorify God, just to love on him and let him love on you. So we invite you to come and to be a part of that this coming Friday. Um, Also, really quick, coming up uh, Wednesday, May 19th. Uh, I don't know how many of you have followed Sean Foyt. Is that how you say his name? Sean Foyt. Uh, he does goes travels all across America doing worship events, and he's going to be in Windsor on May 19th at Boardwalk Park. And we've been given the opportunity as a church to partner with that ministry and to help do some things to help uh, be part of helping pray for people, be part of helping set up and tear down. Uh, they're going to have uh, prayer nights leading up to the event. And Kirsty, that was just up here, our worship leader, Kirsty, can you wave? Kirsty is over here after service. If you're interested in helping with that event and you would like to be part of that, come and talk to Kirsty. She's in contact with the people who are heading that up. And so we would love for our church to serve uh, Sean and his ministry. He's doing an amazing work across the country right now, and it's really powerful. So encourage you to get involved. God's doing stuff with worship. Amen. 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 Uh, Today, the message has nothing to do with Mother's Day at all. I really tried, and that was just not the direction that it was going. So we're going to go God's direction and not mine. How about that? That's a good thing. Yes. So (laughs) uh, back in May of 2000, May 16th to be exact, May 16th of 2000, we started our first, we held our first church service of Northern Colorado Cowboy Church, of which Sandy was there. Wave it, everybody. Sandy is part of the foundation. Um, We started our church over in Fort Collins in the youth room of a church over there. And when we started the church we, so that will be next Sunday. We are celebrating our 16th anniversary as a church, which happens to be Pentecost as well, which I think is like pretty cool. I'm kind of excited about that. Not kind of like, okay. So anyway, um, we started the church over there. And when we started, we were sent by our spiritual mother and father, Glenn and Ann Smith. And we were sent here And we were serving another ministry at the time, uh, another church down in Colorado Springs. And we were just serving them however they needed, whatever they needed done. That's what we did. Darren went to the pastor and said, we're here. If you need your toilets cleaned, if you need your truck washed, if you need your house cleaned, whatever you need done, we're here to do it. And so we were serving this other ministry and uh, God moved and sent us up here to start that church. And when we did, starting in the youth room of another church, um, we started out with no promise of anything. We were going to do church. And if anybody showed up, yay, we were just doing what God told us to do. We had no uh, real guarantee 
other than that we knew that this is what God was telling us to do. So as we did that, our church began to grow. And as God began to grow what we were doing, um, there were people that began to take notice of what God was doing. And when God is moving and doing things, people may not necessarily recognize that it's God, but what people recognize is growth and success. And so as that happened, different people came to want to partner with us as a church. For those of you that are new to Northern Colorado Cowboy Church, we are an independent church. We are covered. Darren and I are submitted to spiritual authority in our lives. We have more covering and accountability than you can shake a stick at, which is where you should be. If you are a leader, you have to have people that you are accountable to. It is a dangerous position to be in if you are a leader to not have anybody over you that you are accountable to. That has nothing to do with what I'm preaching, but there you go. So anyway, we are not affiliated with a denomination or an organization. We are what you would call an independent church. So as we began to grow, different individuals and organizations and entities wanted to partner with us. And we were new. We didn't go to seminary. We didn't go to Bible college. We didn't go to, we don't have any fancy initials after our names. We simply served in ministry and learned and did what God was telling us to do. And God has always protected us. We've always, because we don't know what we're doing, we have to listen to God really, really carefully. That's a good place to be. It keeps you humble. So Every time these opportunities and I, I was, as I was putting this together, I was thinking, God, how many times did that happen? And I ran out of fingers to count. Um, people would come, organizations would come, opportunities would come, and we would prayerfully consider them every time. There were some of them that we prayerfully considered for about 2.2 seconds and then said, that's not God. And then there were other ones where we actually had meetings with people. We sat down with people because we were open. We were wanting to know, God, we just want to do whatever it is that you want us to do. And ultimately it ended up that God closed the door to every time anybody else would come or another organization, another uh, person, anybody to say, Hey, we want to be part of what you're doing. Because ultimately it wasn't that they wanted to partner with our vision, with the vision that God had given to us. What they were wanting to do is to capture the vision and then dictate to us what we would be doing from there forward. And we were not willing, regardless of the amount of money. And when I say money, I'm talking seven figures. I'm not talking small money. I'm talking, we said no to a lot, a lot. (laughs) But I can say this, it was never, the thing that was most difficult was when it involved relationships. It was never hard to say no to the things or to the money. It was hard at times to say no to people. That was what was be difficult at times. But we had to say no because what it was was ultimately people seeking out to control the direction and the purpose of what God was calling us to do. And we were not willing to let go of that. And God protected us in it and kept us focused. So back in 2000, uh, I think it was in September, I think, 
I'm not positive. I preached a message and I talked in the message about the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And it comes out of a passage in the Bible in um, Mark chapter 8. And it is where Jesus gets done feeding multitudes, thousands of people with a few loaves and fishes that have been multiplied. And then after that's done, Jesus and his disciples get into a boat. And when they're in the boat, Jesus begins to talk to them and the disciples are questioning what's happening and what Jesus is saying. And Jesus breaks it down for them pretty plain in Mark chapter eight and verse 15. He says to them, Jesus charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. What the heck does that mean? That's exactly what the disciples said. They said, uh, is Jesus hangry because we don't got no bread in the boat? Like, what's going on with Jesus? Give him a Snickers bar. So that is what they were wondering. And Jesus began to talk to them about the leaven. So what is leaven? Leaven is like yeast that when a little bit is put in, the Bible tells us in more than one spot that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So when you add in a little bit, it affects the whole. So Jesus was saying to them, beware of the leaven of Herod and the leaven of the Pharisees. What is the leaven of Herod? At the time, Herod was the king over Judea under the Roman rule. What that was, what the leaven of Herod represented was the political system that was ruling and controlling with power. So when Jesus said beware, he said beware of the power of the political system. Then he said to them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Who were the Pharisees? The Pharisees were the religious leaders of that day. And I say religious leaders. They were the leaders that did not recognize Jesus Christ as the Messiah as he walked in front of them because they were so wrapped up in their traditions and legalism that they did not recognize the Messiah in the flesh standing in front of them. He said, beware of that. The leaven of the Pharisees is symbolic of the world's religious system. The world's religious system is where God is taught as impersonal, powerless, and legalistic. That is the way the world wants to portray God. It also teaches us to put our focus on the outward traditions, on the outward appearances, on the outward works without recognizing the authority and the power that is on the inside. Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago to his followers and he said, beware of the world's systems of power and of powerlessness. Beware of it. And if he told them that 2,000 years ago, it's still relevant today. God is still speaking that to us today. And this has been a word that I have not been able to let go of. It keeps coming up. It keeps coming up and it keeps coming up. And I'm watching things happening and I'm thinking, beware. That word beware means to look out. Jesus was saying, y'all look out because there's something coming that will whack you in the back of the head if you're not paying attention. And he's telling us it's there to not be ignorant of it. Both systems represent a worldly spiritual influence. 
and it touches every one of us. None of us are immune to it. We live in it every day. And what that world's spiritual influence is doing is it is trying to get you to partner with it so that it can dictate your direction by causing division. That system, that spirit comes in and here's the thing is it doesn't come waving a flag and announcing itself. That's the thing about the way that the enemy operates, the world system operates, is it does it the same way. There is nothing new under the sun. The devil doesn't come up with anything new on his own. All he does is he takes what God created and he manipulates it into something that is destructive rather than heavenly. So what the devil does is he comes in and he takes the authority and the power that God has. And because he no longer operates in that, he wants to take the power and authority that God has and try to manipulate it and twist it for destruction and present it to you in a really palatable way. Because the same thing that he did to Eve was deceive her. That is the same thing that he continues to do today. It's very simply deception. It's not that people want to do bad. It's not that people are wanting to be evil. There is exceptions. (laughs) But it is oftentimes that people are very simply deceived. It happened to Eve And it can happen to us if we are not listening and being aware. There is a battle right now in this moment while you and I are sitting here in this room. There is a battle taking place. It is all around us. It is around you 24-7. And it is a battle that is taking place for your partnership through your devotion. It is fighting for your destiny and the power that you carry, but it seeks to control your direction and your purpose. And this battle that is taking place around you, if we could see into the spirit realm right now, there are people in here who do see into the spirit realm. And sometimes it freaks people out and sometimes people don't know what to do with that. You're very simply a seer. That's all. You will see the good things and you will see the things that are not so good. So you don't have to be afraid of any of that. It's just very simply that you're a seer. So when you see those things, you are aware that there is a battle taking place. Um, How many of you have seen The Passion of the Christ? That is, it's hard to say that is such a good movie because it's literally a movie that makes you not be able to breathe. But when Jesus is... On the cross, it shows Satan roaming through the crowd. It's been years since I saw I saw it in the movie theater when it first came out. And I don't even remember what year that was. But do you guys remember where it showed Satan wandering through the crowd and he had that black cloak on and he's just, he's icky. Your face right there says it all. He's icky. That is like the spiritual battle that's taking place around you all of the time. There is the enemy that is sneaking around and he's 
vying for your partnership. And you're going to partner with, you are partnering with one side or the other every second of the day. And that's totally your choice, who you choose to partner with. While the worldly spirits are igniting division, wisdom is crying out to us to properly discern the battle. And I want to read to you out of Proverbs chapter 4, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 4, says this. Then my father taught me, saying, never forget my words. If you do everything that I teach you, you will reign in life. How many of you would like to do that? Reign in life. That sounds pretty darn good. So let's find out what he's telling us. Verse 5 says, so make wisdom your quest. Search for the revelation of life's meaning. Don't let what I say to you go in one ear and out the other. Stick with wisdom and she will stick to you protecting you throughout your days. She will rescue all those who passionately listen to her voice. Wisdom is crying out to us right now to discern the battle. That word wisdom in the Hebrew means adherence to a set standard skill in war. We are in a battle. A set standard. What is our standard? It's not necessarily, it's not so much a what as a who. Jesus Christ is our standard. Jesus came and walked on the earth to establish and to demonstrate for us a standard, a way of living, a way of responding, a way of treating people, a way of interacting with the world around us to establish a truth that God sent him to establish. So when it says that you live by a standard, the standard that we live by is the standard that Jesus Christ demonstrated for us. And you can read all about how Jesus lived in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That is where it is recorded of how he walked when he was here on this earth. There is a battle taking place, but wisdom never leads us into fighting against people, but in fighting for them. Wisdom will always lead you not into fighting against people, but into fighting for them. Think about what Jesus did. Think about how Jesus lived. What is the point of winning the fight if you lose the person. You and I, if being right, if being on our soapbox and being right comes at the price of anyone's eternity, you and I as Christ followers have to reevaluate our definition of victory. There's a battle taking place for your partnership right now. And it is raging. And we cannot be ignorant to it. And we cannot be passive. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 4, it says this, and this is out of the New King James. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. There is a battle that is taking place for your partnership right now. Division. The the goal of division is to cause enough distraction for you that it pulls your focus from what God is really doing and causes you to focus on the smoke and the mirrors. It pulls your focus from what the enemy is doing and causes you to put your focus and put your aim on a target that isn't even really there. Um, back, gosh, it was probably the, I don't remember, it was just a few years into when we had started the church. There was a situation that came up with some individuals in the church and there was a mother and a daughter that came to us and they were making accusations against the daughter's husband. And they were telling Darren and I all kinds of horrific things that this father had done. And as we listened, they wanted to involve the police. They had filed reports and they were telling us all of these things. Well, we weren't born yesterday. However, that spirit was so deceptive that it turned our attention this way. All the while, we were praying and they wanted us to pray for them. They wanted us to know what was going on. All the while, they were making plans and kidnapped the children and went to another state and left this father with no children, with no home, having no idea where they had gone. And this man was completely innocent. That is what the smoke and mirrors do. It causes your attention to go to another front. All the while, the enemy is plotting and planning and actually dropping a bomb over here. There's a battle being fought for your partnership. The way that the enemy works is he causes your attention to put its focus on something else while the real thing is happening over here. Does that make sense? If you can, can you put up that division symbol? So what happens when you look at, this is very simply the division symbol in math. We all remember this and some of us are traumatized by long division. (laughs) So anyways, for some of us right now, we're going into like shakes and whatever. So when you look at this symbol for division, you see one entity on top and a line and another entity on the bottom. That is exactly what happens in the spiritual realm when the spirit of division, the leaven leaven of Herod and the leaven of Pharisees begins to work in our lives. And remember, it just takes a little tiny bit to affect the whole. So what happens when the leaven, the spirit of division begins to work is it places you on one side and it draws a line. And builds a line between you 
and anyone else that is not just like you. See that line? A long time ago, Darren said here that you cannot minister beyond your line of disgust. It places you on one side, a line of disgust, and the world, anyone else, on the other side. Now, it's up to you to question and to ask, what is the line that the enemy is trying to place in my life? I'm not saying that we lay down and that we accept everything that comes our way. What I am saying is that you must have wisdom in this day and time to properly discern the battle. If you don't, you're going to be fighting the wrong enemy. And we never fight people. People are not our enemy. We just read that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual. Why are they spiritual? Because the battle is spiritual. So let me ask you this. Since last year, when we all got put into a worldwide timeout and everyone was told to go to their own corners and to stay there, I don't know about you, but it stirred some things on the inside of me. I have found that frustration, quick to anger, judgment, casting stones, rebellion, that was something that come up in me that I really didn't think that I had that much of. Rebellion came up real strong. Because if it wasn't who I liked, I'm not doing what you say. You're not my mom. You're not the boss of me. Right? You're not my mom. You remember that on the playground? You're not my mom. Get the head in there. and That makes it real good. So I want to ask you right now, if the enemy has sent a messenger to create a line in your life. And I want to give you the opportunity right now to just begin to ask, God, have I been partnering with the wrong side? Because there's a battle taking place. And it's a battle for your devotion. And if we have partnered with division in any area, we are partnering with the wrong side. If we have bought into the lie that people are the problem, we've bought into the lie. And that line can be anything. It can be age. Maybe you just don't like the people that are older than you. They stink. If you're older, maybe you don't like those young people. What the heck is wrong with this snowflake generation? You know what? That snowflake generation was raised by the people that are saying, what's wrong with those people? So let's take some responsibility. Don't even get me started on that one. And the more you cast stones and the more that you talk about them and the more that we put them down for being who they are, why the heck would they want to come and sit with us? Okay, let's move on. That line can be age, that line, gosh, the world tried to get it to be sex for a while. 
male and female. Woo, howdy, that was, and it still is. Toxic masculinity, you guys remember that one? What the heck? Hey, I'm all about being a woman and I like being a woman. I like my man opening the doors for me. Ladies, can I get an amen? Amen. Nationality, where's your line? Where you were born. You have to love me because God says you do. You don't have to like me right now, but you do have to love me. Our line cannot be where people were born. God's line is not there. So should ours be. Jesus is the standard. Our line is our line of political affiliation. Is our line a skin color? There's been so many lines created over the last year that I never saw coming. Lines that if you would have said that two years ago, somebody would look at you and say, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. That is so stupid to think that people were going to get all at odds and yelling and in matches at one another about something that they're covering their face with or not. There's a battle taking place. And it wants to partner with you because you carry power on the inside of you. And the enemy wants your power. He doesn't give a rip flip about you or your life. He wants your power and your authority. Have you guys ever heard the phrase divide and conquer? That was a phrase that's commonly used. It's, it's talked about a lot in a book called The Art of War. It's a tactic that Napoleon used. It's a tactic that was used by uh, war leaders, army leaders. And the, the definition of it is gaining and maintaining power by breaking up larger concentrations of power into pieces that individually have less power than the one implementing the strategy. It goes on to say that Divide and conquer is meant to control subjects, populations, or factions of different interests who collectively might be able to oppose the rule. Church, we are not a minority. But the enemy wants to tell you that you are. Because if the enemy can divide and conquer split you into two with a line in the middle, you will refuse to associate and be partners with the power that God really has put in your life. You are a lot bigger than what the enemy wants you to know. The enemy wants you to believe that you are powerless. The enemy wants you to believe that people are your enemy. All the while picking apart the power that God has given to the church to be an authority and a leader for today. Divide and conquer. It's exactly what's happening. There is a battle taking place for your partnership. And you get to decide. Nobody else decides that for you. Nobody else dictates that for you. You decide. Every day we decide. We decide how we respond. We decide how we treat people. We decide how we act every moment of every day. 
We decide who we're partnering with every time we do that. Division steals your power by stealing your focus. If we get so right, now I'm just going to be real honest. I'm just telling the truth. I can only watch the news for so long for a little bit each week. Because if I watch it, I know I can feel it on the inside of me. And mmm, drinking my coffee. You're not my mom. I am mad. I'm not fun to be around. Mama's Jesus time in the morning goes right out the window if I turn on ABC, man. It's gone. It, it, I could spend an hour with Jesus in five minutes of ABC, and I'm like, woo! <laughs> you have to monitor yourself. You may be able to handle all of that for a lot longer than I can. And you know what? I'm going to be at your house for you to pray for me. That's where I'm at. I'm just telling you, I can't watch too much of that. It will cause fear. It starts inciting anger and frustration and hatred and intolerance on the inside of me. I know where my line of disgust is. I had to ask God, Lord, show me where my line of disgust is. And when he pointed it out, I was like, are you serious? I don't want to pray for those people. But he told me to. Because I can't have that in my life. I will not partner with the accuser of the brethren. For any reason. And that includes myself. So when I noticed it, I repented. So I don't accuse myself anymore. We cannot. Let me say this to you. You cannot fulfill your purpose and your destiny that God placed you for now in this time on the other side of the line. You cannot fulfill your ministry and every person in here has a ministry. Everybody in here. You're like, oh my gosh, please don't send me to Africa and make me eat snails. (laughs) If you like Africa and you like snails, maybe God will take you there. But if that's not your bag, don't worry about it. That was my thing all the time. Like, I don't want to go to Africa and eat snails. And look, I never had to do that. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Please don't ever make me have to do that. (laughs) Every one of you in here has a ministry. Your ministry is to demonstrate the way that Jesus walked when he walked on this earth, everywhere that you walk every day. Everybody in here has a ministry. And God is wanting your partnership. He desires your partnership. You're in a battle. I want to read this scripture to you out of Ephesians chapter 4. It's a passage of scripture. And of course, I'm going to read this one out of the Passion Translation. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1, says this. Let me say this. As I read this, division wants to pull you away, distract your focus so that you are not walking in your purpose and why you're here. Division wants to take your eyes and put your eyes on something else that will never bring fulfillment, that will never fulfill the inside or the outside of your life. 
See, God put you here in this time for a purpose. You were not born some random. Some of you were told you, well, you were an accident. You were the one that got through. No, God knew all about you, (laughs) right? You're not an accident. God designed you and has given you everything that you need to walk in this time. And you are fully equipped. Every person who has said yes to Jesus is fully equipped. You have this tool belt and there's stuff hanging on your tool belt. And you're like, I don't even know what that is. God's like, I do keep following me. Keep walking with me. We have a purpose for this time. And it is a powerful purpose. But if the enemy can divide and conquer, he will convince you that you are powerless to do anything in this time. And in that thought, you have partnered with the enemy. You ever heard that, uh, that, that movie, Sleeping with the Enemy? Yeah. The minute that you begin to think that it's you're just one person, that you're powerless, the minute that frustration begins to rule your life, the minute the isolation begins to dictate who you are, you've started sleeping with the enemy. So I want you to hear this passage of scripture out of Ephesians chapter four. And I want to read this over you because this is who you are. And if the enemy has been sowing and sowing and pushing and pushing a message into your head that is anything other than this, we're going to take some time right now and we're going to get rid of it because there's a battle taking place. And in the end, we know where the victory goes. We know who wins the war. And I want to be on the side of victory. I want to be fighting on the side of victory. And the side of victory is the side of Jesus Christ and Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the side that we want to be fighting on. So Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse one says this, as a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank, given to you in your divine calling, with tender humility and quiet patience. Always always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace being one body and one spirit as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism and one father. And he is the perfect father who leads us all, works through us all and lives in us all. So I want to invite you right now, if you would just settle in right where you're at and just close your eyes. And we're going to take a moment because there was something that was released spiritually that was in the works when this whole COVID-19, the whole everyone go to your corner, the whole thing, all of this that has been taking place, there was something that was released that was really really strong 
and it has been holding on to a lot of us. For those, it, it came up a week ago and I felt like, that, man, that's powerful. For those that are saying, I just can't find my rhythm again. For those that are saying, fear has been gripping me. For those that are saying, I am so angry and I am so disillusioned. I am so frustrated. I don't even know what end is up right now. For those that are saying, I'm one paycheck away from nothing. For those that have been affected, that have been infected, there is a battle taking place. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I want to invite you to break off the frustration. Break off the lies of division, break off the deception, break off the glasses that cause us to see people as our enemy. If you have found yourself being frustrated, take just a moment right now to invite God into that frustration. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move on the inside of us right now to bring wisdom into this moment, to bring proper discernment so that we discern the battle. We discern who we are partnering with moment by moment. We break off the spirit of the world And if you need to right now, I invite you to whisper, say out loud, golly, if you need to shout it out loud, say, I break off division from my life in Jesus' name. I break off accusation in Jesus' name. I break off accusation against myself in Jesus' name. I break off shame and guilt in Jesus' name. I break off confusion in Jesus' name. When you feel like you're at a good spot, when you feel the peace settle in, I want you to take a deep breath. It's broken off. Blow it all out. Release it. Get rid of it. One more deep breath. Let it go. Let it go. Now, I invite you to invite wisdom. I invite you to say it with your voice. Wisdom, I invite you into my life. Wisdom, I passionately seek after you. Spirit of wisdom, wrap my heart, wrap my thoughts. Lead me and guide me and direct me. Holy Spirit, blow in my life that I am not a victim to deception. I will not partner with anything that God isn't doing. I don't have time. I don't have time.
if there is some things, I just, I'm feeling like there's some areas that probably really need some repentance right now. That's between you and God. And I'm not asking you to come up here and tell everybody where your thoughts have been, nothing like that. But I'm just saying, man, some repentance with God goes a long way. Just say, God, I repent. I repent for my attitude toward people. I repent for intolerance and hatred of people. The only hatred I have is for the devil who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I will not partner with that in Jesus' name. Today, if you haven't settled in your heart that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that you are not a follower of division, that you are not a follower of hatred, you are not a follower of destruction, Today, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. If you've not settled that in your heart, I invite you to do that right now where you're sitting. Very simply, it's not some big, fancy, eloquent prayer. All you have to do is open up your heart because Jesus has already opened his. And he actually, when he was on the cross and he died, the scripture tells us that the curtain that was separating the Holy of Holies from the rest of the world was torn and brought down from the top to the bottom, demonstrating to us that it was not man, it was not an earthly force that removed that separation. It was the authority and the power of heaven that removed separation, removed the line so that all could come into the heart of Jesus, that all could come to the Father without shame, without guilt, without holding back, with no hesitation, that we say a lot of times invite Jesus into our heart. But I love the way that Darren says it is Jesus has opened up his heart and he's saying to us, I'm inviting you to come into mine. There is no wall of separation that I'm putting up. If there's any separation, it's only the one that you are putting there, holding Jesus at an arm's length. And right now he's saying, I've opened up my heart to you all the way and I'm inviting you to run into it. And if you've never made that eye-to-eye contact with Jesus before and given him your heart and run into his, I'm inviting you to do that right now. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to be super brave and super bold in here today because you're in a safe place. And I want to ask you to just shoot your hand up in the air right now and say, yes, 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 yes. Thank you, God. Running. Those of you that have your hands raised, Jesus's heart is so open to you right now. Yes. You just run into his heart and very simply say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I'm going to give the rest of my life and give you my whole heart for you to show me what that is from day to day to day. God, thank you so much for loving me. It doesn't matter where you've been. What all that matters is this moment that you have right now with God and God is looking at you and the only thing that he is saying to you is I love you, love you I love you, I love you and I have such an amazing future for you and you just now stepped into the best moment of your life because now you have an identity, now you have a purpose and now you have a direction and your life has meaning you are not going to spend another day not knowing why you're here your life now has fullness of meaning and he's so excited to run with you into everything that he has designed 
designed you for and created you for. And we thank you for that, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.